Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. The hang ups we have today. Welcome into episode 188 of the Source to Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Source to Say podcast is, as always, presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now's a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at JusticeDental.com, Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson. Look forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I am fantastic, Jack. How are you? Oh, doing just peachy. We are doing a little bit of a, of a series of sorts here on the Source Say podcast. Yesterday, we uploaded a show uh, dedicated entirely to the Nike EYBL circuit and Kentucky's recruiting efforts on that end, uh, who UK is looking at, who is kind of emerging as the best of the best in that class on that circuit in particular is the best circuit uh, year in and year out. Uh, so we went a little bit, you know, in depth on that one about an hour's worth of, of, you know, scouting reports, breaking down kid by kid, DJ Wagner, 
you know, Robert Dillingham from st- from top to bottom, all the guys of UK interest. Now, Sean, we have you on. Uh, you were just down in Spartanburg at the Adidas 3SSB event where uh, Orlando Antigua was watching a, a lot of Kentucky's, fu- you know, one future Kentucky Wildcat in particular, and then some other top targets. Uh, a pretty high profile offer comes out of the weekend. Uh, really awesome uh, weekend in general. Not as many recruits to talk about. So this episode will obviously be a little bit shorter, but we still have plenty to talk about and uh, def- definitely several players to dive into and, and break down their scouting reports as well. So, uh, Sean, we have the the biggest name on the Adidas 3SSB circuit in terms of Kentucky interest is actually Kentucky's only commit in the class of 2023, and it's a very popular name. Everybody knows by now Reed Shepard is joined on for the class, uh, son of Jeff Shepard. We've talked about him in detail on this show over and over again about what we think of his game and all that, but this is a little bit of a different setting, Sean, an opportunity to see him against you know, some of the best of the best in high school basketball in a completely different setting where he's not double and triple teamed every single night and he puts up you know, 30, 40 points a game uh, against weak competition in that area. So I think it's a, a unique situation for him and, and a unique opportunity to see what he's like. Uh, against some other, you know, Kentucky level talent. So you got to see him in person, Sean. What were your first uh, overall impressions uh, seeing him at uh, down in Spartanburg? He he continues to get better. I think is uh, my biggest takeaway. You know, I, I I live close to London. I'm I'm inside of about an hour drive, so I'm able to make it to some of those 13th region games. The ones you're talking about, where he's uh, triple and double and triple teamed, and you don't get to get a lot of takeaways from that. And I know you and I watched him last summer in some local high school games. But when you get to see him on this level, you get to see who he really is. And I spoke with Paul Biancardi while I was down there, and Paul just raved about Reed Shepard and his game and and where he's rated and everything in the rankings and it has a chance to maybe climb a little bit more and, and especially seeing him against that talent. But the, the thing that stands out about Reed that's going to help him transition to Kentucky, Jack, is that basketball team, Midwest Basketball Club, is one of the best coach basketball teams you will see on any grassroots circuit. The way that they play, the way that they conduct themselves, the way that they're coached, that is what's going to help Reed with that transition from high school basketball to grassroots to Kentucky, uh, where he's really well coached at North Laurel, but playing against this level of talent with the level of talent he plays alongside of, I think is a huge thing for him, and I think it's helping him grow his game this summer moving into the senior season. Yeah. And, you know, by by chance and or I guess not by chance and not by coincidence, he's coached by his own dad, Jeff Shepard, and uh, the father of Gabe Cups, who is an uh, Indiana commit. Uh, very, very impressive player. Those two together are uh, an awesome uh, one two punch for that Midwest basketball club. Uh, but, yeah, very well coached. My concern, I guess, if, if I do have one, uh, is that and it's kind of a weird concern okay it feels like a job interview where uh you know they ask what are your weaknesses oh i'm too much of a team player i get overly selfless at times i i, I share too much you know things you know things like that with with job interviews it's kind of similar to uh reed shepherd in those those environments he is a team first player who almost gets a little too passive at times he gets too you know defers a little bit too much and you really don't get to see well, who he is uh, just in terms of a score first, kind of take games over by himself. He gets in that mindset every once in a while. We saw it uh, when I got to see him up in Indianapolis at that event. He was going up against the Compton Magic, who, you know, talented group of, of 
players, the number one player in high school basketball in the class of 2025, plays for them. UK's newest offer, Andre Stojakovic, plays for that team. And that was when, uh, you know, they got down early and, and they were fighting back. And that was a game that Reed Shepard decided to take over late. The game went to like triple overtime. It was like 105 to uh, you know, 100 final and and Reed put up, you know, 30-ish points or whatever. That was the best of the best of Reed. But uh, if I do have a knock on him in these type of settings that he does get a little bit almost too team-oriented, which is almost a compliment in itself. Yeah, and he actually did that too on the final possession of one of the games and, and they lost the game. I, I thought he he got downhill off a ball screen, had a chance to maybe shoot a little eight, nine, ten footer there to, to try to win the game, and instead tried to throw a, a pass kind of over his shoulder to a three point shooter that got picked off, and then they went the other way and gave up a basket. So some of that too much unselfishness, where a play where I thought, hey, he's in a great spot to score, he's got great size there. I thought he should have finished that ball, but yeah, but he's. I just think that he's a really good guard that for this class, and I know we keep saying the jump start this class, but it's been jump started for a while. He's been committed since the fall. So it's it's a good piece to have in your class. Uh, I know some college coaches that were standing there, I was standing close by, and they kept talking about how well coached the team that he plays for, how uh, fundamentally sound Reed is, and how fundamentally sound all those guys on that team are. Uh, but that would be one of my concerns, too, that I think even with his North Laurel team, you see him at times be a little bit too unselfish. Yeah, and it's kind of difficult because, you know, I've been trying helping out with the, you know, on three rankings and trying to figure out where do you rank a kid like that who it puts up, you know, 30, 40 points on any given night playing for North Laurel, but then plays in systems like this and, and when grassroots season rolls around, you know, puts up solid numbers and looks it looks pretty good, but does he look like a top 20 player in the class? It's hard to tell because he is so unselfish at times, and it does kind of get frustrating watching where it's like, man, I'd love to see him just take this game over because we've seen him do it, and and even in this level, it's not like about talent. It's just because he wants to be, you know, such a team player, and, and he, he, he kind of gets overpassed. He, he, he overpasses and he over dribbles and, and, and you know, he, he does a lot of the other things, jumps the passing lanes, gets steals, blocks shots, uh, you know, really tries to, uh, you, you know, be as well-rounded as possible. But it almost comes to a fault because you really don't know where you rank a kid like that. Is he closer to top 40 or is he closer to top 20? Is he a five star? Is he a four star? That's the kind of difficulty that I have right now with him trying to figure out. And that was kind of one of the things I, you know, helping out with the, these on three rankings, I kind of said, let's keep him at that 25, 26, 27 ish range for now until we get to decide, you know, after this spring and this summer watching him play for, you know, on three SSB circuit, is he going to be a five star? Is it going to be top 20? I, you know, kind of leave him in the middle of those two rankings before deciding if we need to give him a major jump or drop him depending on on how he performs. And right now, I, I still haven't gotten that answer. And I was curious to see what you thought, because I, I didn't get to see him in Spartanburg. I saw him the, the previous live event, uh, live period. So uh, it's it's interesting to see that uh, we kind of have similar, you know, praise well, and also similar gripes as well. Yeah, and, and I want to see him throughout the summer some more and into July and into some of those periods as, as Adidas kind of moves throughout their circuit. But I got to watch about, about a game and then the first half of another game. But I, I was trying to move around and watch so many other guys too 
uh, Reed's kind of the guy that we know the most about right now, right? Like we, we get to see him all the time. We still have all those questions we're trying to answer, but I was kind of trying to get familiar with all the other guys uh, that Orlando Antigua was falling around. It, it's been a couple of weeks since this event. I know we've had a lot going on before we really got a chance to really sit down and talk about it, but Orlando was a busy guy that weekend. He was, uh, he was walking around and you're trying to identify who they're watching on this floor. Okay. It, I, at one point, Oh, was sitting upstairs and had his eye on two separate floors. So yeah. was uh, definitely busy watching multiple games, but he was courtside for every single moment that Reed Shepard played. Well, one of the players that he was watching and uh, one that uh, earned a scholarship offer immediately after the weekend ended, which was kind of a surprise considering where he's ranked and kind of who he is. Andre Stoyakovic, son of three-time NBA All-Star, you know, kind of one of the all-time legends in terms of pure sharpshooters in, in league history, Peja Stoyakovic, his son receives a scholarship offer. Orlando Antigua extends the offer shortly after uh, that that live, uh, live, live period, that weekend. Uh, and, you know, like father, like son, the dude can shoot the ever-loving tar out of the basketball. Uh, it feels like every shot that he puts up, uh, goes in. That's just kind of his bread and butter. Doesn't, you know, not super quick, not overly athletic. You know, I think he runs the floor very well. I love his size, six, seven. Uh, but the, the dude's a professional bucket getter, getter. That's what he's known for. He is a pure shooter through and through. I saw him put up just absolute bucket after bucket after bucket that first weekend. And clearly uh, he, he did the same that following weekend with uh, Orlando Antigua in attendance. And uh, it resulted in an offer, Sean. It did, and his frame for a wing score just stands out. I mean, he's 6'7". We're, we're talking about a kid that his freshman year of high school didn't even make the varsity team. He was playing JV, but he was about 5'10 to 5'11 then that had a 6 to 7-inch growth spurt after the pandemic started. I know he, he didn't play on the circuit, I think, for a bit. I know he was with his dad there. Uh, I think they went to – I think they were in Greece. So that kind of played into the rankings and kind of seeing where he was. I know he come in about 101, 102, 103 in the composite rankings. Uh, so this is a little bit of an under-the-radar guy that now has emerged and added all this length and size to his frame. And it just – he excels at making shots – and he can also get his own shot. That's the thing that stood out to me. It's very hard to guard a guy that is versatile as he is at a six seven frame that can get his own shot. Yeah, uh, if you're looking for a pure shooter uh, with that size and length, that NBA length, that NBA size, I mean, yeah, you, you put it perfectly. He's a, He has grown into well, a size perfectly. And how about a soccer background that helps him with his footwork? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's at six seven. Like That's the thing that stood out to me is off the ball, very good feet at working off screens and some action off the ball. Like I was like, okay, this, this is a prospect, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, who are they watching? Obviously they, they were watching Reed They're You know, they're watching uh, some other guys and I'm like, all right, they're paying a lot of attention. And then sure enough, uh, they, the offer followed that night after I left, uh, I would kind of beat myself up about it. Cause I was like, okay, may, maybe an offer doesn't come till after the weekend. So I had, uh, I headed home from Spartanburg and then there's an offer and I'm like, well, I could have stayed and got an interview and talked about it, but uh, I made the the poor decision to leave. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, thankfully there, there are more opportunities to see him live in person. Clearly that's going to be somebody that Kentucky and, you know, I'm sure John Calipari is going to, uh, at this next live period, is going to want to stop in and see him in person as well. But 
definitely a name to keep a close eye on. You, you know, talking to people in basketball circles, it's definitely uh, Kentucky is is definitely up there uh, on his time. And again, this is a kid that is ranked at as of right now in the 70s and 80s. You know, not a kid that's in the you know top 50, top 40, top 30, you know, five star range quite yet. I think he's going to get there at some point. But uh, when Kentucky comes calling for a kid like that, ranked where he is, you know, regardless of of the prestige and kind of, you know, legacy status that he has and, and you know, the, just the, the family ties. Uh, I mean, when, it can, when Kentucky offers you, that's a pretty darn big deal for a kid like that. So uh, clearly Kentucky's at or uh, at least up there toward the top of his list already early. So definitely another name to keep a close eye on. If you're looking for a go-to shooter uh, in that class, it's hard to, it's hard to beat Andre Stoyakovich. Uh, keep going down this list. Bay Fall, Sean, is a name that, has kind of been around for a while. Uh, one that I know Kentucky continues to flirt with. They're trying to figure out exactly what his growth is. He kind of hit a little bit of plateau. Had some, uh, you know, school issues. Is no longer at that Denver prep that he was at. He got, uh, I, I guess, officially kicked off the team. The, the coach released a statement and said um, something to the effect of, uh, you know, detrimental to team conduct or something, and said that he, you know, needed to find a different place or whatever. Uh, everybody I've talked to said that he is a, a great kid and, and you know, it was kind of just a, a an odd situation, really, uh, I think, blown out of proportion. Some people I've talked to said that it really wasn't as big deal as they made it out to be. But it's, you know, worth bringing up. It's just kind of a, a back and forth dynamic with him in, in terms of where he's going to high school. And, uh, you know, he started out ranked really high, as high as I think number one in the on three, the first debut rankings at on three uh, is kind of trailed off just a little bit, kind of closer to that top 10-ish range. But, Sean, clearly a lot to work with. Runs the floor extremely well. Hard to find a better motor in that class. You know, that 6'11", 7-foot range. Uh, you're just kind of a high-energy high, high guy, work workhorse talent that, uh, you know, likes doing it all on both ends of the floor. And I, I think there's a lot to like about Bay Fall. Just interested to see what you think about him as, you know, one of the premier prospects uh, in that front court, uh, it, what's known as a pretty weak front court class in, in 2023. Yeah, well, we, we talked a lot about frame with Stoyakovich. Well, the first thing that you notice about Bayfall is his, just his, his frame stands out significantly. I'm talking about a guy that uh, in transition, I mean, we're talking three or four strides from half court to the rim. That's how long he is. He can affect the game on both ends. He can block some shots. The thing that I that I saw, and I, I got to only got to watch one game of his that day, but he he played. He was frustrated in, in that day. He did, he didn't hit a lot of shots, uh, didn't get a couple of foul calls, and you could kind of tell body language is a bad thing. But then he picked it up towards the end, made some big plays. Interesting prospect. I know he likes to float around the perimeter, shoot some jump shots, and do some things. Go. I'm not really sure about how he projects is he you know does he grow into that frame and, and add some bulk and size i think he naturally will but a very interesting prospect that is a highly rated a very talented kid i uh, just want to see throughout the summer here if kentucky watches a few more times at some of these other events coming up and things but a very very talented player yeah and i will say uh, that what you brought up you know kind of the, i don't want to say that he pouted or you know kind of the, the bad uh, just approach, you know, mental approach to the game, whatever. I, I th- I've heard that that's kind of the, uh, you know, some of the issue is that he he's just very passionate for both for better and worse. And I think that kind of it's kind of a polarizing thing when you have a guy that just kind of puts winning first and just, you know, super passionate while he plays. 
that it kind of rubs people the wrong way and it can kind of brush the brush the wrong shoulders. Uh, and, you know, so that that does make a lot of sense. But I will say he went heads up against Santo Surreal, who's known as, you know, his nickname's Baby Shaq, you know, just kind of freak uh, physical, you know, attributes, 6'11", 240 pounds. Uh, he's on that Adidas circuit, plays for uh, that Tennessee EAB team. Bayfall absolutely destroyed him in the head-to-head matchup. I mean, absolutely, you know, skill-wise, out, outworked him. And, you know, it, it was kind of interesting because Samto is just such a physical presence, you know, 6'11", 240. You'd think that, a, you know, kind of a skinny player like Bay uh, would just kind of get out, out-muscled and out, you know, just outclassed in that end. But Bay just really held his own, and, and he, he was really strong, kind of that lower body strength, really, really separated himself. And he just flat-out dominated him that game. And, and, and Santos seen as one of the top centers in that 24 class. Uh, so, I mean, really interesting uh, in terms of physical tools – uh, Samto was clearly head head heads above Bay, but in the head to head matchup, it wasn't even close. Bay Bay just absolutely destroyed him. So that's something to keep in mind that uh, in against the best talent at that event in the front court, he was clearly uh, among the best. So that that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, rolling through these other names. Uh, Sean, Ian Jackson's a name that I know that you were very, very high on. I am very high on him. He's in the class of 2024. But... Uh, with his age and just kind of how physically ready he is right now. There's a lot of talk that he could be a late uh, reclass candidate. Uh, so just curious what you think. We're, I mean, obviously we have to pencil him in at 20, the class of 2024 right now. Uh, so still a little uh, you know, far off in, into the distance. But uh, physically, I think he's going to be ready uh, when, it, when it comes time to make a reclass decision that he could do that down the road. I asked him when I interviewed him, uh, you know, what he thinks about a reclass. He said, it's just not something I'm thinking about right now, but talking to people behind the scenes, they say that, you know, physically he's there and he, you know, age-wise he's there, grades, he's fine. Uh, that 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 could be an option that presents itself down the road. So uh, a name that I would, if you're a Kentucky fan, keep an eye on uh, among that guard class in 2023, uh, Ian Jackson's definitely one of those guys. There are guys that I watched and there are very few of them, there's not many, that I say could step on a college floor right now and get you a bucket. He is one of those guys. I don't think that there's two years of high school basketball that he even needs. I'm thinking one more year in a possible reclass. I love his game. I love his energy on both ends of the floor. There was a play there. He, He was by far my favorite prospect that I watched the entire weekend while I was there, and I watched him twice. He didn't take a single play off on either end of the floor in grassroots basketball. That is a very, very rare thing to see. Like, I mean, these all these top prospects, Jack, you know it. They play hard, then they'll play a, take a play or two off, and then boom, they're playing hard again. Not this kid. There was one play where he got up and he caused a turnover defensively, and it was so exciting that Orlando Antigua started clapping. <laughs> and then shouted like, yeah, that's it. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, this is a kid that Kentucky really likes. We know at some point an offer will come. 
he can shoot the ball too. I know he, he showed some consistency with his jumper. He showed the ability to pass the ball in transition. He'll also dunk on you too. Like a very, very talented guard, two-way player, has a chance to be an elite on-ball defender, in my opinion. And keep a very close eye on him in particular because he is very, very, very high on Kentucky. Every conversation I've had with him, he could not have been higher on the Cats. And uh, it's really odd, Sean, because Ian's offer list is just not one you'd expect for a player of his caliber. You know, he's starting to get some, you know, high major blue bloods here recently. But, I mean, it has taken a minute for the the big name schools, you know, the the St. John's and Rutgers and UConn and schools like that right now have been kind of on him and, and offered early and have been making a hard push. He's from New York, you know, that a lot of the Northeast local schools uh, are on him hard, but he is clearly a player. He's a top five, top three for my money, uh, top three player in that 24 class. I'm just shocked that that yeah. he just doesn't have the, the the best of the best blue blood offers already. I think when when that contact period begins in June, uh, where where you know schools are able to contact players directly in that class, and that's what usually where we see a lot of the offers coming. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked if if he is not among the first names brought up by Kentucky uh, to to receive an offer from them. Yeah, that that's where it'll fire up. I, I think when you get into that period where they can start contacting and then officially offered scholarships face to face and doing some things. And I, I know you watched him in Indy. I watched him in Adidas. I plan on watching him at least uh, another time this summer, hopefully a- along the road here sometime, probably in, in think in July. I know there's some Adidas fans. I know they got the one uh, near Charlotte. And they got some others. Uh, so I'm I'm planning to watch him some more, but that is a guy that if you're a Kentucky fan, I'd be paying close attention to. I mean, he's rated highly as a top five kid in that class in the composite. A very very talented guard, plays with some very good players on that team as well. Just a a high energy guard to me that fits the mold of what John Calipari's best Kentucky guards do, and uh, that's getting to the rack, that's being able to create for others, that's shooting the ball. A very vocal kid too. Yeah, I could tell he plays with a lot of pride and a lot of energy. That's what I liked about him most. Keep moving down this list. <laughs> For my money, the best kept secret of the entire event, somebody that uh, I, to, I'll, I'll admit I didn't even know this kid existed before I walked into the door the first time, my buddy Travis Graff, a friend of the show. You guys know him very well over at Rivals. Uh, he texted me and said, Flory Badunga, remember that name. And I go follow follow him over to the 16U courts. He's playing with Travis Perry, Kentucky's own Travis Perry, for that Indiana Elite 16U squad. And Sean, for my money, was the best big in the entire uh, entire building the entire weekend. Physically, he's there. He has an NBA-ready frame, soft hands, You know, can't do much outside of three, four feet, but so polished for for his age and being so new to the game. You could clear clearly tell he's you know still growing, and and there's a couple things that that he's raw with. But goodness gracious, his 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 you know off ball or or off uh, offhand you know shot blocking ability. He's athletic around the basket. I mean, he just does so much that you go, whoa, how in the world is this kid not known? He has almost no offers. You know, yeah. just just starting to ramp up. It, it's just crazy how this kid has just emerged as as this kind of the, the, this next man up in that that center class in 2024. Yeah. And, and when you start to perform not on in not just one weekend, but it's multiple weekends. He was very good in Indy from everything I've read. 
And then what I watched and saw in Spartanburg, he was very good then. So then you get that consistency. You start stringing that together. Then you start to climb the rankings when those rankings are updated. Now it becomes how far does he climb? How high does he climb? The play that stood out to me, though, you mentioned all the rebounding, his athleticism, shot blocking shots with either hand. It was the final play of the game, a game that's like a 13, 14 point, 15 point win for him. He grabs a rebound, rips it, runs down the floor, go, wraps it behind his back and just about tore the rim down. I'm like, <laughs> my goodness. And I look over and every college coach on that row standing there, I stood right beside him. They just looked at each other like, my goodness, like. It's just an unbelievable athlete. You, his arms are so long. Like I'm standing there behind him and like his arms are like halfway down his leg, Jack. Like I'm, I'm like, I can't believe the wingspan that this guy has. And he looks like he can still add some size to his frame. Yeah. I mean, physically there is, I mean, it's hard to, Santos Surreal is known as the, you know, physically most gifted player in the class, just in terms of, you know, having a college ready NBA ready body. But for my money, just in terms of, uh, you know, having so much this early while still being so new to the game. I mean, you're hard pressed to find anybody better, better than Flory Badunga, clearly going to be a, a top 50 player in the class. Yeah. And it's it's just crazy because going into that weekend, Sean, he didn't even have a rivals profile, didn't have a two. No, they have a picture. No, yeah, didn't have, <laughs> didn't have anything. And then now he's getting offers from all these high high major schools. The interest is ramping up. Gonzaga is among those reaching out. Kentucky was there in person watching him that weekend. Uh, Orlando saw him uh, down in, in Spartanburg. So, Sean, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's going to go from barely even having a recruiting profile going into the, the spring to most likely being a top 50 player in the class for my money could end up being top 35. I mean, this, this kid is clearly, uh, he's clearly got the goods. Yeah. A, a very, very good player. That'll be just up the road, uh, you know, in Indiana playing and, and stuff. That's a very, very talented player that I would be keeping my, my eye on if I were Kentucky fans. And I think, like I said, the biggest question now is you mentioned he'll definitely be a top 50 guy, but how high does he go? Is it, is it in the 40s? Is it the 30s? Does he keep, you know, improving and performing and eventually be a top 25 guy? Like, it's it's a definitely a guy that went from having no profile to being on everybody's radar. He is that talented, that good, and still has a lot to add to his game. Wrapping up here, last player on the board, Koa Pete, for my money, goodness gracious. Look, he is 15 years old, Sean, playing up. Two grade levels for the 17U Compton Magic squad that, as we talked about earlier, had has Andre Stojakovic, you know, going up against Reed Shepard and, and others, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, very, very impressive prospects absolutely dominated the competition, put up 30 points almost every single game, 6'7", 215 pounds, like, you know, college-ready body as is, as a 15-year-old, Sean, clearly the number one player in the class of 2025, uh, as impressive as they get in, in that class. Yeah, and regardless of class, right, everything that you've seen from either be Indy or Spartanburg, he has been like the MVP or the most impressive overall prospect for a lot of media guys. I know you and I talked about it, arguably the most impressive guy on the circuit there, uh, playing up two classes, great size, inside and out skill set, got his really good touch to his game too offensively and uh, just a very talented piece that Kentucky's going to have a lot of opportunities to watch, right? They're watching Andre Stojakovic. They extended that out scholarship offer. So every time Kentucky's courtside to watch Stojakovic, they're going to be courtside to watch Copete as well. 
Yeah, and uh, it, it definitely, he kind of reminds me of a future Paolo Bancaro. Okay, you know, watching Paolo early kind of had that same 6'7", 210 pounds, you, you know, was kind of that that versatile inside-out presence that really grew into his body and kind of became that 6'10", point-forward type guy. Uh, that's who this kid's going to be. He's going to be the next man up, mark it down. Uh, he's, and, he, he's clearly going to be the number one player in that class, yeah. uh, and, and I don't think it's really that close. Yeah, and the buzz has been there for a while, right? You can go back to last summer and you're reading the buzz about how impressive he was, whether it was, uh, you know, at Pangos and, and everything else that he that he performed in. Like, just a very talented kid that regardless of class right now, like if you bumped him up to 23, how high would he be ranked right now in that class? Like that's how good he is. Yeah. And uh, talking to his family, very humble, uh, very, you know, sport heavy family. He is, you know, brother plays in the NFL right now. Uh, Dad played in the league, uh, you know, all these different basketball players and football players in this family. I mean, there are like seven or eight different, you know, either professional athletes or at least high level D one college athletes. Uh, I mean, this is, this is a kid that uh, he clearly has the gene pool. The DNA is there. He is going to be a future star. Keep an eye on Koa Pete, Sean Smith. That wraps up this episode. Great stuff. Uh, Great time breaking down these, uh, you know, future current uh, current Kentucky commits, potential future Kentucky commits, and maybe uh, targets to keep an, keep an eye on moving forward as the spring and summer progress. So let's get the heck out of here, Sean. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Find me on Twitter as well at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time from the Jam Pack Sources Say podcast. We will see you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. 
Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.